0: Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James to ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from our weekly teaching. Pastor. Good morning, Shane. How are you doing this morning, man? Doing pretty great. Hey, uh, Church, if you didn't know, uh, your pastor makes a really good gumbo. Had some gumbo yesterday at James's house, and it was... Very good. So, kudos to you, friend.
1: Kudos to Louisiana
0: (laughs) Gumbo Packet. (laughs) Come on, dude. You can't say that. You can't reveal your secrets. Yeah. But you did. So, here we are. Um, Man, jumping into some questions from this past Sunday, um, we dove into the implications of the virgin birth, and uh, you brought up Rob Bell and how Rob Bell said, you know, kind of, hey, it doesn't really, it's not that big of a wrench in the plans if the virgin birth isn't real and um, you kind of took us into a a point of like, no, 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 this is very, very essential to the whole story. Why did you feel so, hey, no, 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 we've got to make this right? From the very beginning, you have to understand that this is real.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we, when we hear the, and I think I allude to Sunday that sometimes we feel like the Christmas story is kind of like this made-up, magical, Disney-type story, you know, and we forget that it's real and the things that the historical um, authors of the gospel uh, wrote down, pinned down for us. You know, every detail is there for a reason. You know, the Holy Spirit inspired them as they wrote down what actually happened for a reason. And so, the virgin birth—that was kind of the next part uh, that kind of reveals in, in chapter one of, of Matthew. And um, and I just think a lot of people, you know, you, you hear that, and I, and I just—if I could, hopefully—in it was trying to allude to people sometimes probably struggle with the virgin birth. You know, like—is that really? did that really happen? Is that real? And then, you know, as Rob Bell was basically like, well, is it, you know, you can still love Jesus. Yeah. um, You know, even if you find out actually in his book that he says is like, if you find out that he actually had an earthly dad named Larry, you know, and so he's like, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but hopefully he drove the point home. Like (laughs) it's super, super essential to to affirm and believe the virgin birth because one author, when I was reading um, studying was basically like, Hey, if you can't believe this, then you don't need to go any further. Right. Like, like, don't read any further in the Gospels because you're not going to believe the miracles that he performed, you're not going to believe that he died in our place, and you're not going to believe that he actually was raised from the dead because it's kind of like it sets the tone early on, you know, about Jesus and the virgin birth. And and, and as we kind of broke it to, to kind of, like, layer it out of, like, there's some implications of because of the virgin birth of why it's so not just like a, theological theory, you know, of like, oh, it just sounds good, like just talking about theology, but like our salvation is wrapped up in the virgin. Like all these things are like dependent on him being born of a virgin.
0: Yeah, it's so much more than just like, uh, it's just a little part in the
1: story. Like it's the part in the story, I would say. Yeah, and and that's kind of the whole point of the sermon was like, hey, this is an essential part of the gospel that we cannot— just dismiss or just be like, oh, this is just some minor detail within the story of Christmas. But The virgin birth was an essential part yeah. of, this, of the gospel.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we looked at the duality of Christ being both fully God and fully man, um, and we saw the importance of, of a couple things, um, that, that if he wasn't fully God, he couldn't die in our place and, and take our sin uh, that if, no, I'm sorry, if he wasn't fully wasn't man, yeah. uh, that that he couldn't do that. And that if he wasn't fully God, then there would be no power to save us. And so why was it so important for you to hone in on the two of those things to be able to say, if he wasn't fully God, he couldn't have taken our sins. If he wasn't fully man, he couldn't have died. He couldn't intercede. He couldn't
1: do these things for us. Yeah, so I think that was that's the whole thing why, you know, as we got into the point of why the virgin birth is so essential is because since he wasn't, and we said, uh, sinners give birth to sinners, yeah. and so you see that from Adam all the way down. As, um, as people, uh, kids have been born; they've been born sinners, and so that's just they've been. We've been born with a sinful nature, and there's no way to to get outside of that. And so that's why it was a necessity for the virgin birth, is because we see that Jesus was not born from man. Uh, he came from from the woman, but he he wasn't born from man. He was born from God, from the Holy Spirit, and because of that. Uh, is why he could be fully God. And so, and I, and I know this is, even Kirsten and I were talking about, that it is confusing to think of God and Abba, Jesus, that he was <laughs> fully God, but yet he was also fully man at the exact, but he was both at the exact same time. Yeah. That, and I, that is hard for us to wrap our heads around that, but with the sense of that he's fully God, of like, that is why, because we think about, you know, we've heard this, we see it in Scripture, you know, because of our sinfulness, or rebellion, we owe a debt to God. Yeah. that And the problem is we can't pay it. The only person that can pay the debt that can do that is God himself. And so that's why he had to become God, or not become God, he was God, but that's why as he comes as he was fully God and fully man is so that when he uh, gave his sacrifice of his life for us in exchange for us, our righteousness to pay our debt, is the reason why the check cleared is because he was fully God. Like it was sufficient, his blood was sufficient once and for all uh, to save us. And so this is... um, important and also with being man as well fully man is that he truly took our place mm-hmm. you know and so when he died on the cross he died as a man uh, in our place and so um, and he's able to intercede for us he's able to understand us uh, as hebrew says he's able to be the great high priest for yeah. us to truly intercede for us because it's not like he thinks like well this is what it may like to be living in a broken fallen world because of sin this is what it may be like Is he truly understands and truly knows what it's like to be human because he was. He truly wrapped himself in flesh and blood and had yeah. blood coursing through his veins. And and so I think that's why the virgin birth was, you know, as we saw, was a necessity, is because this is what, because of the virgin birth, he was able to be fully God and fully man and so that he could accomplish our salvation.
0: Yeah. Um, just to kind of move into a, uh, some dialogue here, um, you opened up at the end of the service, um, and, and shared some struggles you've had recently. Um, I'm sure that was very difficult to do. And so what led you to do that?
1: Well, I thought it fit in well with the sermon, um, with the, the part that he understands and knows us in our struggle. I almost didn't share anything. And I had talked to Kirsten about it. And then right before I was about to get up to preach, I was like, I'm not going to do it. Um, Mainly one because i i i didn't want it to i didn't want it to be about me you know what i'm saying like i didn't i didn't want it to be that and then also i didn't want to sound weak you know so as yeah. a leader um as the pastor leader of the church i did not want to appear weak or vulnerable and so um so i almost didn't even share anything um but then it was kind of i was just like well i i felt the lord you know say you need to share it and so um, so anyway, I just shared that basically, and it, I think it, some things had kind of been building up, um, but basically just Saturday, just really overwhelmed with discouragement. Um, you know, I've always heard in conferences where they talk about pastors that, and ministers and there's a tendency to, to want to quit ministry. There's a statistic that very few people make it in ministry because in one of the main things, discouragement, burnout, that kind of deal. And I'd always heard that, never really felt that. I mean, I, I felt discouraged before, but you know, I mean, just seemed minor. Yeah. And I don't know, it just kind of got to me Sunday and um, man, I just was really crying out to the Lord and um, I wasn't about to quit, but I just, I felt like it and the Lord wouldn't let me quit. Neither would my wife, but you know, it just really overwhelmed me and um, it just really just discouraged me, you know? And so, but I I wanted to share it really for, I think a couple of reasons is I think because the whole point, I was like, you know, Lord, you don't understand. You don't, you don't know what it's like to be discouraged. You don't know what it's like. So it's like I was trying to convince God, <laughs> hey, you need to listen to me and listen to what I have to say, and you need to listen to my problems and my pity party because you, there's no way you're you're up in heaven and you can't understand. And Lord was like, oh, but I do, yeah, I do understand. And so Jesus, because he wrapped himself in flesh, he does understand. He doesn't know what it's like to be yeah. you know, discouraged. You, uh, you brought out something. <clears throat> that I'd
0: never really thought about. Um, I guess I just kind of skimmed over it. But at the scene of the cross, whenever Jesus tells the disciples to take care of his mom, um, the implication that that means of probably Joseph's not in the picture anymore. Joseph has passed away and, and that he had, Jesus had seen that kind of loss. We see it in Lazarus that whenever he goes, he weeps um, but, man, like, just the the way that you you wove that together to say, like, no, he cares, he understands, man, like, that was huge. And, and I, I think I can speak for the church and say, man, your vulnerability in those moments of peeling back the curtain and letting us in and seeing, like, not only was this week rough, but here's what I got kind of led to in my mind. And, man, like, to know that you came up here to the sanctuary. We're alone, just you and the Lord, um, crying out rather than just making a decision to say, I'm just going to do this. Um, man, how, how, I don't know. How does that now seeing where we are on, on Tuesday, that conversation with the Lord Saturday, what, what differences do you see now?
1: Yes. I think in that moment, you know, just crying out to the Lord and then, uh, sharing it Sunday. And I think there was two, two kind of takeaways that I've had. One was good. One was kind of rough. Um, but one was, and it was just a reminder for me of how much I love, love y'all, love this church and how the church just has really just prayed for me and and sent me emails and, and texts and just encouraged me. And so church, I hope you know how much I appreciate you. And, the way that y'all love me. And and, and I, I hope that in sharing that, of peeling the curtain back, of like hopefully seeing of like, okay, well, if, if James can be honest and open, so can I, you know? Yeah. And so if I can say this, Chad and I were talking about yesterday at lunch, but I have a tendency to let things build up in my life. Kirsten knows this, and I've got to work on it better of, of maybe sharing a little more of my feelings or sharing a little more. And so if I can just say this to you of like, you know, don't let it get to the point um, where you uh, it just kind of overwhelms you, you know, yeah. because I think all of us, they're listening and even uh, in the service. I mean, whether it's grief, whether it's discouragement, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's just betrayal, you know, hard relationships, marriage, friendship, whatever. You know, I think we all at moments and, and have these things and, and to remember, well, that's why God gives the church. That's why we're not to do life alone. Yeah. This is why, because we need, we do, there are moments where we are the people that step up for someone else to pray for, lift Mm -hmm. up, encourage, but there are also moments where I'm going to have to be the person that receives that. And I think there's a pride thing in that of like, I mean, I felt really uncomfortable um, Sunday when people came forward to pray because I was like, I didn't want to be like, stop, you know what I mean? But like, hey, like other people probably need to pray, you know what I mean? And so it's like this kind of thing where like, I don't. And I think sometimes why we don't share things is because you're like, well, I don't want to burden. Like Chad and I were talking about yesterday at lunch. Was like, you know, I don't. Sometimes we don't share because we don't, don't want to burden other people. Yeah. You know that that whole thing. And so I think that's for one was hopefully this can open up conversation with other people of in your struggle. You know, you're not burdening people. Whether it's me, whether it's somebody in your life group, whether it's a friend. You know, just to just to be open and honest with with how you feel, or, or to let people say, hey, you know, I'm struggling here. You know, I need you to pray. For me, but also another thing that the Lord really revealed to me, maybe it was a little discipline as well. I think the Lord was very gracious to me in the moment of crying out, mm-hmm. um, but post that, that I've had a lot of time to kind of process and think through it, and if I can just be very honest, is most of my discouragement came from a very arrogant and prideful state of mind. Yeah. And so for me, just looking back, and I think for a lot of us, when we get discouraged um, or expectations aren't met the way we want it to to be. It's because we think we're owed something. We think that we deserve something that maybe we don't deserve. We get very prideful. We get very arrogant. And if I can just be honest, I guess I was honest Sunday, so I guess I can be honest again, Um, is there's this tendency for me, and it's something that I've always struggled with, is that sometimes I want to make it about me and my name. Mm -hmm. And it was a very good reminder that the Lord reminded me of in my discouragement was like hey you know the reason why you're discouraged is because you've made it about you Man. and not about me and my name and my glory and and it was almost like the Lord says hey I was gracious you know in the moment but also I just want to remind you it's not about you anyway you know wow. it's about me and so you need to remember that and so for me it was kind of like okay i needed to hear that you know is it is not pleasant as that was to hear but you know that a lot of my discouragement comes when I was talking to my dad today, when I'm ungrateful, when I'm not thankful, mm. um, when I'm making it about me, when I'm having a pity party for me, uh, when I'm not focused on God's glory and God's kingdom, but my kingdom, my glory. you yeah. know. And so I think post that was, and I think a lot of us personally, is that when we feel discouraged or when we get upset, when we feel offended, usually it's because our pride's wounded in some way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we, we feel this whether we think we deserve it or whether we, I, you know, I think it's a lot of times rooted, a lot of this is rooted in actually pride, yeah. unmet expectations of, because I thought it was supposed to happen this way for me. I've done these things right. I've, yeah. I've been at church. I've, I'm in a life group, you know, that kind of thing. And to remember, I, I, I was listening to a sermon I would encourage y'all to listen to this sermon. It was really good. It was, uh, I think it was the church at eleven twenty two. It's Joby Martin. Yeah. I think it's out of Jacksonville, yep. and he did a Christmas uh, message yesterday. And I saw it, and I listened to it yesterday, and it was it really helped me process this. But it was really good. His main tag was, "God is for you," uh, but also remember, "but it's not about you." Yeah, you know. And so he was like, basically, it was the son like even salvation, everything. Yes, God loves you, get yes, God is for you, but understand this it's not about you. It's about him and his glory. And we forget that so often. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's why we feel a lot of times discouraged in our life is because we make life all about us. Yeah. You know? And uh, like like, you know, why do we sit at a um uh, a table, you know, waiting at a at a restaurant and then we look up and we're like, you know, I've been here a minute and <laughs> you know, no one's waited on me yet. Yeah, you like know? some
0: people like that at Sonic.
1: Yeah, like me, and so you're like, what you know, you're like, because we we think the world literally revolves around us, yeah. and it doesn't. And so I think a lot of us in a lot of our areas, I think we could. It was good. It was a good reminder to me. It was like, hey, James, remember, all of this is not even about you. It's not about your name. It's not about you. It's not about not about First Monroe. Um, it's about me. Yeah. And so um, I think, thankful the Lord has used this and to help me kind of process even some things deeper with him. And that's probably why he allowed me and maybe kind of walk through some discouragement and things to happen because he wanted to expose some things in my heart. Man. Um, Well, I I really do think
0: I can speak on behalf of the church to say um, thank you for your openness. Thank you for um, being vulnerable um, because it, I'm sure that was terrifying. Um, And so I appreciate it. Um, And now to lighten the mood. Uh, our nonsensical question for the day <clears throat> what is your favorite
1: christmas dessert It's definitely not fruitcake i <laughs> know uh, it's not it's not fruitcake um i don't know i, I mean cuz I, I don't think i eat anything special at you know i mean bread puddings always good yeah um, but nothing
0: out of the norm i i think the appropriate answer here is the sugar cookies with snowmen on them.
1: Mm. You ever had one of those? you talking about the ones like you buy that are pre-made that have like the image of a snowman in it?
0: Yeah, and then you just put it in the oven?
1: Yeah. yeah. Talking
0: about? I, to, to me, that's
1: my answer. Yeah. They do have those all the time with shapes of bunnies or or, yeah. <laughs> or Halloween. Yeah, or, but this
0: is Christmas, though. <laughs> this is a snowman and Santa and reindeer and other things Christmassy.
1: Yeah, I'm trying – well, I, I, I will say this. There's something I do, I do like, Um Kind of a dessert, kind of more of like just a sweet treat, but Kirsten always makes them at, uh, at Christmas is the Martha Washington balls. Oh, yeah. And she'll make peanut butter balls or like the Oreo balls, you know, and they're like dipped in white chocolate or yeah, whatever. Man. And so I think those would be – those aren't necessarily dessert, but a sweet treat Sweet treats is when Kirsten makes those. Man. So those are always yummy. But no fruitcake. No fruitcake. No fruitcake. No, no fruitcake. Cake.
0: But if you would like to make a bountiful harvest of little cookies with Santa and reindeer and things like that, I don't think James would mind. And by James, I mean. (laughs) Shane. I don't think the office staff would mind. So, James, man, I appreciate you sitting down. I appreciate your vulnerability, your honesty. um, and, And thanks for just sitting down and having the conversation. Yep, for sure, man.